When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Halloween is the comfort watch of horror films. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's got like all the best things that you like about horror film. It is just an iconic film for so many reasons, from the horror element, the things it created, to its villain, its music, its protagonist. And it's, I feel like it's one of those films that's stood the test of time. It is iconic. I mean, my favourite thing about it is the opening sequence is just it's just chef's kiss. It's fantastic. It's just so memorable. The score, everything, the mask, like I said, the whole thing is just, it's a horror classic and so many horror films have borrowed from it. So yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Watch a Podcast. Today I'm joined by Helen. Hello. Lucy. Hello. Sean. Hey there. And we're all going to be talking about Halloween. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to Flix Watch Podcast. Our guests today are Sean and Lucy. Over to you please Lucy to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do please. Yeah of course, so thank you for having me for a start. Um, I am senior writer for a website called What to Watch where I basically talk about film and TV for a living. It's a brilliant job. Um, outside so, well, of- so you could do this for a living you say? I do, yeah. It's my day job. It's my day job. Yeah. Can you can you believe that? Helen, we need to make this a living. (laughs) Tell us your secrets. I don't know. Um, But outside of that, I don't stop there. I do have a podcast of my own, which is about TV. It's called Air TV Time. I invite people on to talk about their favourite TV shows and their favourite drinks. Uh, And it's gone down very well. It was a lockdown baby and I'm very proud of it. So, yeah, that's basically me. Yeah. There's a lot. There's been a lot of lockdown baby podcasts, haven't there? There has, there has. Um, it was a boredom thing, but I've kind of carried it on outside of lockdown. So, and um, how do the TV shows pair with the, the drinks? Are they how often are they alcoholic or non-alcoholic, or is it <laughs> they completely can, random? They can vary. So I send a little form out to my guest, obviously checking if they do drink for a start. Because some people don't, um, and then they they let me know what they want to do. And we just kind of wing it. So, for example, we've had like. The Simpsons and red wine. We've had It's a Sin and Tea. 
We've had a chocolate, <laughs> ch- chocolate milkshake. And I don't know why that made me laugh. Come dine with me. Uh, it doesn't really have any correlation. It's basically sure. just the, just the person's favourite drink. What they would choose to like, you know, come home from work open and watch a tv show what, what what would they have when they watch that is, is the premise of it basically so just a, a little fun little sort of little chat between me and another person which i really enjoy it's the same as one of my favorite tv shows that year um i don't know what else i'll pair it with uh tea yeah. seems more than appropriate i don't know why it made me laugh so much <laughs> they do drink quite a bit of tea don't they in that they sort of sit, they? sit around yeah they sit around that that, that big table and drink Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there okay. is no correlation between the drinks and the shows, but it's no. just it's just fun to get a little insight into someone's personality. I guess, like, what do you like to drink? It says, says a lot about you, I think. So that's kind of was right. the idea. <laughs> and and yourself, Sean? Who are you? Hello, I am I am Sean, and I have started writing over the past year or so um, a blog of my own, uh, reviewing films, TV shows, talking about kind of what's going on in the media, stuff with games as well one that I've just kind of grown a bit um, slowly. It's, again, kind of a lockdown baby nearer the end. So it's one of those. I haven't quite gone to podcast level yet, but who knows? We'll see. It seems like an inevitable step. Uh, well, really I don't know. at this point, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the toddler stage of the lockdown baby blog, perhaps. <laughs> it does, yeah. It eventually ages. And it's one of those things where... I, I almost dread, it's one of those things where you dread hearing yourself and I'm like, oh no, people will hear my voice, but here I am anyway. Um, so, I mean, how, what's it like writing the blog in a regular, regularly? Oh, I love it. People, people have to listen to actually what I have to say. Or not, <laughs> it's up to them. But I will just rant away anyway into the ether. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a great way to kind of get your thoughts out and share what you think is kind of be big be not um love talking about those kind of underrated films that maybe not many people think are going to be up there but actually end up making a bit of a splash and yeah yeah i've really enjoyed it well yeah i, I completely get that that cathartic nature of um like just getting stuff out into ethers it helps to clear your head doesn't it if yeah. you can create the time and space in doing so then that's well power to you well you're the one that you chose halloween sean uh, first of all, can you tell us why you chose it? And then I'm going to get time. We've got 60 seconds to give the synopsis uh, in case anyone doesn't know what it's about. <laughs> okay, so um, I chose Halloween because it is just an iconic film for so many reasons, um, from the horror element, the things it created, to its villain, its music, its protagonist, Um and it's, I feel like it's one of those films that's stood the test of time. This man, Michael Myers, is known as the Boogeyman and stalks the town of Haddonfield on Halloween night uh, and preys upon a babysitter named Laurie Strodes, who is in for kind of the night of her life when she encounters what is known as The Shape. And he stalks his victims with just himself, his iconic music and a knife uh, and makes quite a splash throughout the evening a splash of claret um first question is how many times have you guys seen this film go to yourself first sean since you brought it Ooh. to us it's got to be in double digits now i think probably oh, wow. i'd say we're at about 12 13 lucy not that many about five probably off the top of my head <laughs> helen yeah i'm probably five six more, more times that i've kind of like not counted i think you know when you're like i can't remember yeah i've seen this is my first time watching it oh 
Ooh. Yeah. Brilliant. And as, as listeners know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, someone says horror, I'm not fussed about it. Although I should have watched it before because it's one of those films that is leans so heavily into lots and lots of pop culture. And I've seen, I know all the references. I know Michael Myers. I know, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a gag, it was a sight gag in, um, Baby Drive, which is the film that we we reviewed recently, for example. Um, the mask is iconic. The music's iconic. We've had John Carpenter. We've had two other films, at least. We had Christine and uh, The Thing. And this guy is, you know, as a director, he's phenomenal. But yeah, I just never got around to it. I, I wasn't that interested. And well, let's see what my thoughts later on in the discussion. But um, Lucy, what are your thoughts on Halloween in general? You've seen it five times, which means you must like it, ish, at least. I do like it. It's, just, it's very much a sort of, a, you know, tr- tradition to sort of watch it on Halloween. Like, obviously, I have had more than five Halloweens in my life. But, you know, I think it, it, if it is on on the TV, for example, around Halloween, I will stick it on. You know, I, I watch all the sequels, good and bad. Um, it is iconic. I mean, my favourite thing about it is the opening sequence. It's just, it's just chef's kiss. It's fantastic. It's just so memorable. The score, everything. The mask, like you said. The whole thing is just, it's a horror classic and so many horror films have borrowed from it. So yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Helen? Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could remember the first time I watched it, um, but it was it was quite a long time ago. It, I think Halloween is probably like the comfort watch of horror films. It's one of the ones that you kind of like know exactly what's going to happen. It's got like all the best things that you like about horror film. And it's 131 minutes. So it's just over 90 minutes, but only by one one minute. And uh, yeah. 131 minutes would be two hours and 11 minutes. Sorry. Do you mean uh, 91 one minutes? One hour 31. I can't read my own <laughs> writing. <laughs> so what's that? 91 yeah, minutes. 91 there we go. It's a good length. That's that's what I, I'm trying to say. And yeah, I think you've kind of like covered it all. But um, yeah, the, the the music is, you know, John Carpenter, he just loves to do like a little funky old tune for his film. And this is one of one of his best. I haven't seen all of the sequels. Um, I kind of feel that maybe as more are released, it's sort of like chips away at the greatness of the original so I kind of like want to keep keep it as pure as possible but keen to know any ones that you think are worth watching and yourself then Sean yeah so I mean I just I, I've always been a bit of a horror fan so um I kind of loved it from the start I watched it probably too young an age um that I should have it's it's one of those films that you walk in uh, your parents are watching it and you're sat there and the first time you're watching it, you probably don't process what's going on as much, but you still like it. And just, I love the kind of legacy it's left for the kind of horror franchise as a whole. And I think especially as slasher horror has started to come back into the fray a little bit, I feel that, you know, it was after uh, Halloween and Friday the 13th, it started to become very overdone. And so it was just left for a long while. And now it's really starting to re-enter the horror genre. Um, so I've kind of fallen back in love with it as well. Do you guys find it scary? Um, I think <laughs> it's, scary it's a big is the question. wrong word. I think yeah. sure. tense. There are tense mm. points. Like mm. like Helen said, it's, it's that kind of comfort watch of horror. Like you, you're not... I mean, the first one, when you first watch it, you do experience something new, but kind of subsequently onwards, you know what you're getting yourself into. And it's one of those ones where you enjoy being that jump scare that comes when he pops out the shadows or 
the music blasts and um it's one that you know you could play every trope but it was the original for all these tropes the bit where he's hiding in the bushes i mean that that's always like (laughs) (laughs) what i always found the scariest bit and i don't know if any of you saw it as much i only found out about it probably a couple years ago that Michael Myers himself is in a lot more scenes than I originally thought. So there are scenes where the police are talking and he's still in the car in the background and it never focuses on it. He's just in the car watching them and then he turns off, off camera. Um, So it's just that presence. He's always there. And then kind of subsequently onwards, you start looking for him even in places he's not, because you're just expecting him to come out of nowhere. Yeah. I think the cool thing about Michael Myers as well is that as a villain, you know, we have a lot of jump scares these days when it's like something screaming in your face or something like that. Michael is just completely silent. And for some reason, that's scarier to me. You know, like you say, when he's sort of always around, you're always waiting for him to pop out. He doesn't have to scream in your face. It's just that that mask you're like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> so it's very much the it's the, the the suspense and the tension building more than more than pure horror. I think, but again, you know, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of j- repeated jump scares anyway. So I think Halloween has the right balance. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's great. <laughs> I mean, as we as we record this, um, Netflix has apparently broken the Guinness World Record for the number of jump scares. That's literally the only title I've seen that came up. <laughs> yes, I don't yes, know what yes. that means. I didn't. I didn't read into it. I, I, um, so it, it's you... the Midnight Club, the new Mike Flanagan series. Right. Okay. Uh, who? Yeah. So who did Haunted Hill House and Haunted Hill um, House, uh, Bly Manor? Yeah, all those. Yeah. So yeah. So I need to watch those because everyone says they're genuinely excellent. Um, and yes, again, this definitely. is to bang the same drum with my horror things. A lot of horror I find ropey. Um, Quite a lot of it this is one, ropey. So, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you exactly. yeah. say that. Yeah. Like, yes, and, absolutely. There's a lot of trashy horrors. <laughs> yeah. And um, this one, this one, I've, I feel unjustified saying this, but I've, I find this one a bit ropey as well. But I think that's, that's just fair. simply the, the benefit of this. I'm watching this for the first time over 40 years old, and I've been watching TV and film since I was, you know, for zero year zero and i've watched like lots of things and i can see i can see the imprint of this film in lots of different things mm. and i feel that i should have watched it when i was younger you know to get the full gist of it um yeah. so i think it's, it's solely kind of my fault in that you know i watched it so late in life after being a, a very much a what class as a semi-sinilitric person but yeah i can see you know you can see the, the shadow this has cast along lots of different films horror and non-horror um so that's I think that's mainly my my fault, and I think that's why it's about it being scary to you guys because, you know, at, in the, when did it come out in the seventies? So seventy-eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if sensibilities have changed so much because, like, I mean, mm. still Alien, for example, for me is like terrifying, but this this wasn't so for me, and uh, I, I don't know if that was necessarily the point or just the, the kind of the overall ethos of the legend of this of this person. And like you said, I can't remember who said it, uh, even though it was like five minutes ago, the, the start of the film is like horrific. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's part of it. It's like, it didn't, it, it didn't quite live up to the rest of that for me, but yeah, maybe that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at in the to coin Dragon's Den. That's where I'm at. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you could definitely argue that it's sort of dated because, like you say, it is from the seventies, and we have with horror, there's a reliance on things like CGI and bigger budgets and things like things like that now. So you could definitely argue that, and I, I do think, like you say, if you compare it to like a modern day horror, it, the vibe is so different. But you know, it's it's still you know it's still one of the greats. It's still like kind of the the, the one that other slashers look up to to influence their their own projects. Yep. Um, and like you say, that like like that opening, like I said earlier, is just is absolutely brilliant. Like it's one of the best point of view sort of kills I've seen ever. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite that good, to be honest. I think the reveal that it's a kid, yeah, um, exactly, mm-hmm. is, is is astonishing. Yeah. The annoying yep. thing is though, is once you've watched it the once, it's never quite as impactful again mm. because because you're just fully aware of what's going on. The first time you watch it and you think you are just getting that POV from a slasher, a killer, you know, this typical someone breaking into a teenage girl's house um, to kill them. Um, You kind of, you know the book, you could write it easily. And then for it to kind of get flipped and they take the mask off and it's just this little child in the clown costume. It was just great. But yeah, I think once you've seen it the one time, it will never truly hit as hard again. Get that double whammy of serial killers and clowns. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just a lot going on. <laughs> Golden triangle of horror. Yeah, clowns. There's too many clowns in... There's lots of clowns in horror, isn't there? I mean, I think modern horror is... Um, and I, I always almost want to do the air quotes when I say horror, because it's it's still... it's, it's a, There's so many subgenres within that... And I tend to like zombie films. Helen's recently watched Train to Busan for the first time, which I think is one of my favourite films ever. You weren't so yeah. fussed based on our, our chats uh, on our on our WhatsApp group. Um, and I think I, I thought it was delightful. Um, and then you've got the the things that kind of Blumhouse do, ranging from The Purge through to Get Out. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting. So I, I feel I, I almost, you know, lumping horror into one bucket, like it's a monolithic um, thing is a bit unfair. And one thing I really like about what horror does in general, again, putting into one bucket is that, um, you do get the production houses like Blumhouse who can turn, turn around the film for quite cheaply and will get a lot of people watching it. And one of my favorite cinema experiences during lock before lockdown happened was the invisible man. For example, I thought that was, I thought that was a delightful Brilliant film. One of the best, oh, one yeah. of the best things to see in a cinema. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I do, I should stop. I say this each time as well. I should stop lumping it all in one bucket. Um, I mean, Mike Myers, guys, is he is he the the guy for horror? Is he the main horror guy? Is it Freddy? Is it I don't know the Alien Queen? Who who we got there? Who's uh, who's who's vying yeah. for that that medal? I mean, I think especially if you're thinking human rather than kind of if we start going into alien types, I'll always have the debate of alien predator or the thing um it becomes a kind of whole other like you said almost a whole other subgenre in itself um but i think when it comes to just people it's got to be michael myers like i think mm. he's kind of a household name to an extent like you know who you're talking about whereas you know i you still do with freddie and jason i guess um but for me yeah especially as technically his name in the films is always just the shape he's oh, not technically uh michael myers okay. i've never oh, again i've never seen um friday the 13th so i've never seen jason uh either i need to i do need to watch these 
at least the first one deletes ones to catch up. I was going to say that's it's become a long <laughs> list. I think there are about fourteen Friday the Thirteenth. Oh films. yeah, I mean, j- just watch the first one. Honestly, <laughs> you don't <laughs> need any more. The first one's the only one you need. I think the thing with Michael Myers is he doesn't really do much except kind mm. of like look, <laughs> and he's a bit stabby, and he doesn't really. And he could kind of, his special, I guess like if we had like top Trump's horror cards, like his special skill would be getting back up again. (laughs) Because like, that's kind of what he does. And like, we've already said like, he doesn't really talk. uh, So you can't really like have a chat like you can with Ghostface. And he doesn't like have any one-liners. He just kind of breathes a bit. And he's got his mask. Uh, He's not very good with fire. Um, So yeah, he's kind of the weird freaky kid grown up to be mm. someone who gets up a lot after he's been stabbed and could like survive <laughs> falling. I'd love to see so top Trump's card. One of your categories is gets up a lot factor. For him. Yeah. So for Michael Myers, it's at least 90. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it sounds like. But what are his other characteristics? Stabbiness. Um, it's not actually that good. It's not that, that good at stabbing, I don't think. It's probably you, that know. mask he's wearing. He can't see out of it. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's I endearing, think. I think, Michael is. I don't think he's that scary. I think it's quite endearing. I mean, I'd probably say, I mean, in terms of, like, terror, Freddy, mm. just because of, like, the age of you first watching Freddy, it's fucking yeah. terrifying, and that he comes yeah. when you're asleep. You can't escape him, no, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it was that breaking, wasn't it, of dreams are always meant to be that safe space. You make them, it's your own mind. And for that yeah. kind of, yeah, safe space to be broken completely by this Freddy character was like, right, I'm never sleeping again then. <laughs> Freddy was the one. I myself I'd... how to wake up from dreams because of it. I need to be able to get out of a dream if Freddy comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was definitely the one Freddy, uh, sorry, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was the one I watched as a kid. I was like, I need to do this, guys. I need to do this. And the... I mean, when you just see, if you have Freddy, Jason and, and Michael uh, just on a poster together, Freddy's the, the scary one, isn't he? He's got um disfigured face and the, and the shark claws. And, you know, Michael's the, Michael and Jason both had him behind a mask. They're kind of faceless, so they seem less, well, less threatening, I guess, in a way. And Jason was always like... You, can, you can't really identify them. But, like, Michael yeah. and Jason could be anyone, whereas you know Freddy, you know the face very well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Before we go onto the onto the scores, guys, we've talked. There's there's many iterations and reversions and reboots and requels or whatever we want to call them these days to essentially cash grab. Um, what are your thoughts on on the other ones uh, apart from this first one? Where where should other people go? And I, I hear kind of the not the last film, but the previous one before that, Halloween, also called Halloween, was quite good. So, what are your thoughts on the on the franchise in general? I mean. I wouldn't recommend any of the ones after the first um, in the kind of original set, I guess. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, Halloween 2, they kind of retcon that in the new 2018 one. So what I tried to do was kind of build on why Michael Myers went for Laurie um, to kind of say that, oh, they're long lost brother and sister. And so they've got that connection between them. And it just felt like, there was no need. Um, and so they really drive into that. He ends up, I think, at like one point, possessing his niece to an extent that 
she starts having killer tendencies. It, it goes it goes really, really odd um, up until one point where they film a reality show in the Michael Myers house and then he starts killing them off. I mean, that one's great to watch as a trashy horror film, to be fair. Um, but yes, they go very odd. Um, so I, I would always always recommend the original um and then I, I do agree that the kind of 2018 Halloween felt like a genuinely good sequel Halloween kills the one after that less so but with Halloween ends coming soon and meant to be the end to it all um we shall see how they kind of round it off and it might be a good way to have rounded off their story because we have uh... Equally in the way that the the intro is pretty good, the final scene um, where Michael Myers is ex, you know, kicked off the kicked out of the uh, top floor, and you expect him to be lying there, but he's not. I mean, I don't know how often that used to happen. But we see that kind of stuff quite a lot now. Um, yeah, you, I would have turn, you turn away and then you look back, and they're gone. I do yeah. like how in the 2018 version that's slightly flipped. Um, so there's there's one point without giving too much away of that one. There's one point where he pushes Laurie off a building, um, and then when he turns around, she's gone. It kind of it feels like that reverse of um, she's now the predator and he's the prey, um, and she's learned from their first encounter. Um, I think we should talk a little bit like of um, Jamie Lee Curtis, who this would have been one of her earlier or certainly her breakout role. And she's still doing it now. Um, I think it's always it's always kind of like a hard role to kind of like play the sort of female in distress uh, in these horror films because a lot of it just kind of involves screaming a lot, screaming and running and, and stuff. Uh, but Is she the original final girl? Yeah, I think so. Some say, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. sure there are probably more bit indie bit films. That, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, like mainstream probably, yeah. Yeah, one of the most prominent ones that, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. But she also she's not that... She's got bite, hasn't she? She's not just there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think especially as the franchise carries on, she's not one of those ones where, you know, they still scream and kind of like with Scream and Ghostface each time um, Sydney comes back a little bit stronger and takes less shits <laughs> from Ghostface, <Absolutely>. really. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel Laurie's quite similar in that sense. Um, but I think... It, Jamie Lee Curtis is an interesting one because I think she's had a bit of a love-hate relationship with the franchise herself because there was points she wanted to be completely done with it um, and yet here she is back again because she she didn't fully agree with the way it was going, um, especially with the way uh, H2O ended um, to then follow that up with another sequel. Um, Mm. She really wasn't happy about that, so... During that franchise section of it, she said she'd only come back if she was killed off. So she has, although a final girl, she has technically been killed off once before. So you think it's more than just a, a cash grab, these these final installations? There's kind of a reason for going back there? Yeah, I think maybe some of them were earlier on a bit of a cash grab, but I think she's at the point in her career now where she could have taken it or leave it. Um, when she was asked to do Halloween 2018. And from the way the reception was for the film, I think it was kind of the right call that that was 
it was right to do another one and kind of retcon what had come before um, to make it a bit more true to the original story. Well, she's, I mean, JLC seems to have quite a lot of fun in the past couple of years um, in uh, Everything everything Everywhere All at Once, for example. She's she had a great role in that. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah, loved it. So should we head to the scores? I'm Kate Lever, host of Who's a Good Dog, the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog. We're one of the other podcasts in the Stripped Media family. Each episode, I ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. The scores are always out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish, and we will start with you, please, Sean, with your recommendability. Four point eight. Who wouldn't you recommend it with to with that, that point that point eight? What where does it lose that uh that um, nugget? I guess people that just literally have no interest in horror. Uh I think there has to be some sort of appreciation there, maybe not for horror specifically, but for what it's created for future horrors and just future films in general. I mean, as Stranger Things has become a massive thing, I think everyone loved Eddie Munson in the and Michael Myers mask as he was sneaking away. I've literally learnt how to play um, that Metallica song, which I can't remember the song, name of um, the intro to it, because just because of Stranger Things, that's how Amazing. pathetic I am. Uh, so, Whatever, um, Master of Puppets, that one. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. Da-da. Oh, amazing. <laughs> da, da, da. One day I might post it on the on the internet. Um, I thought you were going to get your guitar out now and give us a little... Uh... <laughs> Look, oh, there's there's nice. Nice. Got this behind me. <laughs> the amplifier's down there. Mike's guitar's up there. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, you missed it. We played... I played Master of Puppets. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're not going to hear that. Uh, we'll go over to Lucy now, who is going to tell us her recommendability score. But first of all, what do you think of my rendition of Master of Puppets? <laughs> it was spot on. It was brilliant. It was not perfect. It was great. <laughs> 3.5. What I did was just played, I just played Spotify off my phone uh, really loudly. Um, so I would probably give it 4.5, mm. which I still think is a solid score. I do think that, you know, like, like Sean was saying, if you have no interest in horror, then it's not for you. You know... You, you may have already seen clips of it anyway and you just don't fancy watching it because let, let's, let's face it, it's so iconic. Like everyone mm. knows it. So if you are a horror fan and you want to delve into it and you've never seen it before, yes, but there's definitely a 0.5% of sort of audience members that it wouldn't be tailored for if that makes sense. So it's just a strong score though, I think. Yeah. Try to justify that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, Helen? Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.9. I think it's the, the OG horror film nice. the one which kind of like spawned so much of what we know now and it kind of is like a little bit if you're watching it the first time now you might like have a little bit of a giggle and be a bit like this isn't very scary <laughs> but it's iconic <laughs> so uh I, I just think that it's it's just great and it i don't think the series has ever bettered it and you know john carpenter you know he did he did a lot of like first things and uh i think people kind of like kind of diss a lot of earlier horror films because they are like a little bit kind of like 
giggly rather than scary but for the the time they were making with them they were like paving the way for for what we have now so yeah i've got a lot of love for halloween yeah i think i'm gonna give it a higher score than i would indicate by my saying it's ropey uh so i'm gonna give it a 4.2 um and that is because i really do appreciate the originality at the time and how it how it has transmuted and become well things like scream for example um would definitely wouldn't have scream if it wasn't for this it would and um so i appreciate it it's, it's it's more for appreciation and for completion as someone who likes film in general it's like yeah you got to see it um and also i often take off points for things being too scary or gory um only because it's, it's harder to recommend it to people but it's it's not scary really i didn't find it that scary or gory either so especially if you, get, if you can get over the first five minutes then you know you're fine for the rest of it uh repeat viewing score sean this i mean go on I want to, I'm expecting big things here. So for this one, it might come as a bit of a shock, but I'm actually going to give it um, just a four for repeat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, It is a shock to most. Only because (laughs) I I think, I think like Helen said, well, when it comes to kind of the POV and everything, it doesn't get better than that scene. It kind of, Mm. it comes in at its strongest point and kind of, as talked about previously, um, that's never more impactful than the first time you watch it. And so it's still a great watch always, but you're never really going to get that shock that you receive the first time. And so I think as each time it goes on, that becomes less and less impactful. And so it can, for some, I think, become a bit of a background watch. You know, you'll see it on the TV um, on Halloween night, and so while you're chatting away, you'll stick it on. Um, and so I, you know, I would always watch it over and over again. But I understand that it can be a bit draining, I guess. Lucy, yeah, I think to be honest, Sean's pretty much hit the nail on the head. I would give it a three because I think based on the reasons he mentioned, like you know, like you're never going to see that POV scene for the first time again. You know what I mean? Like it's all. The first time you watch it, you're like, wow, this is this is cool. This is horror. This is amazing. Going back, there's not really anything new to take from it. So you've already seen everything that, that you need to see. So it becomes more of a sort of popcorn with your mates, hanging out Halloween night, watching it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, but you know, I don't think it's something you would watch and look for Easter eggs or watch and look for something like that. So it's a pretty low score. I appreciate that. But I just think, you know, once you've seen it the first time, I think you've got everything you need to have from it. And it becomes a bit of a background film. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Helen? I mean, this is kind of one that I do tend to watch if I'm at home on the actual Halloween date and can't think of something to watch. I'm like, just watch Halloween. <laughs> yeah. It's just so simple. But like, if How Halloween... often do you watch films based on the day that, you, that you're on? <laughs> Sometimes. Some films are like a Saturday film or a Sunday film. But like Halloween well, film very specific. There's a film um, that leap year, isn't there? What's that one on Leap Year Day? I haven't seen she that one. Counts down to it. <laughs> sat there on her calendar waiting. <laughs> yeah. You got four you got four year calendar specifically <laughs> so you can do the countdown. <laughs> one thousand eight hundred I don't know how many days between now and next leap year. Um yeah, sorry, I interrupted. I apologize. So it's like if it like it's a Friday or a Saturday kind of night on Halloween, then like mm. it's gonna be it's gotta be Halloween. But if it's like on a Wednesday, I'm a bit like, I can't bother to watch Halloween. I can't bother midweek scares. Like, 
Mm-hmm. So hence, hence five yeah. times. But if it, yeah, for okay. special special times on Halloween sports, there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you get that much new from watching it, but um, it doesn't really take away from my enjoyment of watching it. So um, a three and a half. Okay. Um, I'm not sure when I watch it again. I'm never going to say never. Never going to say never. That's poorly worded. Uh, but I'm going to say two, two point one. I'll probably watch it at some point, but I'm not going to super us to it. Mm. I do feel I want to watch the the 2018 version because lots of people said it's a return to form. Um, but I think I remember watching H2O and quite enjoying that, but that was like when it came out, when it came out. Yeah. So that was a long time ago. And it probably doesn't make sense that more much anymore in relation to the new ones. I don't know. Small screen score, Sean. Um, I'm still going to, I'm going to give that one a 4.2. I think it doesn't matter you don't need a big screen for it. I think the big screen helps with the music and everything, but I mm-hmm. think it's a nice film to watch with friends on Halloween, some popcorn, and you can still get that atmosphere um, if it's kind of dead silent in the room still, that it doesn't doesn't need the camaraderie of a big screen for it to be as good. Lucy? Yeah, I'd, I'd say four. I think I haven't seen it on the big screen. I would love to. It's one of my bucket list big screen films. Um, but it, it, again, it's, it just works on the sofa with your mates. It just works as a sort of Halloween night film. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think the, the big screen would give it any more or less, you know, what's the word? Just kind of pizzazz. It's, it's, it's going to be good. You know, wh- 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 wherever you watch it, it's going to be good. That's the word. <laughs> my my brain was like doing the dial up tone. I was like, what the word is? You know what I mean? They're kind of like. Absolutely atmosphere <laughs> she's gesturing but yes that's the word i was looking for um but yes i think a four in terms of that helen yeah so i think like because horror films were kind of like the forbidden films that you'd kind of like sneakily kind of watch uh like on a borrowed vhs or late late at night <laughs> when you'd kind of like snuck downstairs everyone else has gone to bed put it on and then have nightmares and then you'd be like well that was why i wasn't allowed to watch it in the first place so kind of watching them on tv at home having like the the general horror invade your house is is kind of like a it's weird comfort for me but um i kind of maybe would like to go and see it maybe as part of a bit of a john carpenter kind of marathon type thing or maybe something like that but not like the King Charles Cinema, John Carpenter yeah. Marathon. I think, I'm pretty sure they've probably done it. I've just had a quick look, see yeah, what their um, Halloween offering is, and they haven't they haven't got Halloween this year, but I know they they probably have have done it before. So I'm going to give it four point five. Okay, yeah, I, I was watching the iPad, um, which is fine. Um, so so <laughs> four point eight um, engagement score, Sean. Three point eight, I think. You know, I I think it can be again very gauging at points but it, it kind of depends on when you watch it like you said Kobe kind of because you watched it later on you felt like you had seen all these <laughs> later in life <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the, the best way to put it um, <laughs> um, but yeah appreciate you trying you, <laughs> you don't kind of I guess appreciate the tropes as much because they are tropes at that point you know it's seen all this before it is your typical slasher um but it uh, if you watch it as kind of your first one it's like oh my god what is this it's it, mm. it was the introduction to slasher at the time 
Um, and so from that point of view, it's massively engaging. But yeah, if you've watched it after seeing a few slasher horrors, it, it doesn't offer too much new. Lucy? Uh, it's, I think I'm going to go three and a half again, because I feel like I probably could if I just had it on in the background, turn it off, not going to lie. Um, h- however... If I was really like invested in it, then I would be having a good time. And I only say this, it, it sounds like I'm slamming the film. I'm genuinely not. It's like, <laughs> it's the, you know, I've seen it before. I know the narrative beats. I know what's coming. So if I, if I wanted to duck out, I would. But, you know, I felt like if I was in the zone, if I was in the moment, I would, I would keep it on. So it's kind of r- right in the middle of what would I turn it off? Would I not just sort of just slap in the middle? Helen. Yeah. When you've seen it that many times, you kind of like know when they're just like, just lounging around being a teenagers and then there's like spooky (laughs) stuff happening so you can kind of like zone in and out so it's kind of like it was probably like maybe like a four high four when I watched it the first time and now it's like kind of like low threes so I'll probably go for 3.5 overall uh yeah I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for 3.5 as well I think it's just literally um because I didn't know this I didn't know how it was gonna end um so there was that kind of intrigue, but that was my first time. So I think in subsequent watches, that will be less, but uh, I'm gauging it purely on this one watch. Uh, so that gives us an overall score of 3.92500, uh, which is decent. Uh, I expect it to be quite high. It's, you know, it's a good film. Um, well, other people say, maybe I call it ropey, unnecessarily. <laughs> um, so let's head to Twitter, guys. Uh, first of all, if you're listening to us and you've not Follow us on Twitter. We are at Flixwatch Podcast. And one of the main reasons to follow us is because we do put a shout out every time we record, uh, asking you guys to give us your thoughts on our shout outs. Uh, so look out for a tweet that says something like this. We're reviewing Halloween with Lucy J. Blue Glass, Boo Glass, I apologize, um, <laughs> and Sean Higg, 4489215. Sean has just joined Twitter specifically for it's this. Very podcast. long Thank name. Much, Sean. <laughs> uh, have you seen it for your thoughts and the score out of five stars for an honest shout out on Flitzwatcher? So we had one response today. Um, Sean, this is your choice of film. Do you want to take that response? Yeah. So this is from Claire Ellen Hope. Uh, and she says it is an all-time fave, four stars, um, but a classic in every sense. And I couldn't agree more with that statement. Fantastic. Uh, Sean and Lucy, can you sign off by telling everyone where we can find you online? And we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Yeah, so um, you can find me uh, on Instagram at the Sofa Cinema or visit my website at thesofacinema.com. I am at Lucy Jade Buglis on Twitter, or you can follow whattowatch.com and look at my byline and read all my articles. I also have um, at TV Time Pod, which is the podcast as well. So that's where I am. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 